Blog Talk Radio. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, welcome everybody to the Remnant Call. This is Brother Frank. Glad you're here uh, with me. And I just want to say for last week, folks, uh, sorry and apologize that we didn't have a Remnant Call broadcast. Uh, I've only, I think, missed a Remnant Call maybe a couple times, two times since the show's been on. But we had a death in the family. Uh, we had to fly to Colorado. And thank you for those who prayed for us. We appreciate it. And when I got back, I was flat out just exhausted on Thursday. And so anyways, we are back excited and filled uh, with the spirit of the living God. Folks, it is about living everything for Jesus. This is the hour. This is the day when you got to make a decision. Who are you going to serve? And you're either all in or you're all out. There is no riding the fence. And so we're going to get started tonight on this program, and I'm going to open it with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray you just guide everything that we do on this show to your honor and your glory. Lord, that at the end of this, people will be encouraged that even though we are in dark hours and dark times, that there is hope because we are under the wings of the Almighty. Lord, thank you for this. I ask it in the powerful name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, folks, last week, you or two weeks ago, we had the um, program on Wake Up to America, Wake Up Call for America, and it was about the prophecy that Brother Dimitri Dudeman had uh, about when the angel came after he sent him to this country. He had suffered great, tremendous tortures, um, electric chair, uh, turning rats loose on him. I mean, just you've got to go hear the story if you don't know the story of Dimitri Dudeman, what he suffered. For the Lord, but when he got here, he was upset. He didn't know what was going on. He didn't speak the language. He was confused why the Lord would send him here, and he has got nowhere to stay. And God sent His angel to speak with him, and He warned him about coming judgment on America. And so, last uh, and two weeks ago, we looked at what this means: judgment on America. It's in uh, this prophecy from Brother Demetri Dudeman, but it's also right in the Word of God. And we briefly looked through Revelation 18 and in Jeremiah 51. But tonight, we are going to bring a special guest back in with us tonight. He's been on the program before. Uh, Brother Benjamin Baruch, we're going to bring him in here in just a few moments to kind of expand on some of this stuff, because tonight we're also going to look at a piece of that prophecy that when you read over something, you kind of tend to glance over it. But there's a specific part of that prophecy that really uh, troubles a lot of people, because a lot of people see it coming. They hope it doesn't. But they see that it is coming right now in the United States. And this is what Brother Dimitri said. He said, remember this. This was the angel speaking to Dimitri. The Russian spies have discovered where the nuclear warehouses are in America. 
When the Americans will think that peace and safety from the middle of the country, some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the ocean, from Cuba, Nicaragua, Mexico, he told me two other countries, but I didn't remember what they were. They will bomb the nuclear warehouses when they explode. America will burn. But folks, we talked about the destruction of America, but it's the precursor that's leading up of civil war that is coming to the United States. And it lines up perfectly with what the Word of God says in Matthew 24. When it says, nation shall rise against nation, that word literally means ethnos, ethnicity. There will be racial, ethnic wars that are happening. Folks, you see what's going on in the news right now. We are on the break of civil war. There is so much anger in this country between racial uh, divisions that's going on here that any moment, any single thing could trigger this to happen and folks i'm telling you right now it's not only what brother Demetri said it's not only what the word of god said there are many others out there that the lord is sharing the exact same things with right now that's going on and so i i'm here to tell you folks we better wake up we better be ready because if you think that you can wait till it all breaks loose you will be sadly mistaken we need to get our hearts set right with the lord and we need to get on track right now. Well, I'm going to bring in uh, Brother Benjamin Baruch. You know him, a good friend of mine, the man who wrote the book, The Day of the Lord is at Hand. The Lord used that book in 1999 after the book, The Birth of My uh, Firstborn Daughter, Elise, uh, to wake. She was born and started, begun this wake up call. And when I was desperate and didn't know where to go, what to do, stuck in a life of drugs, well, by God's grace, a good friend of mine handed me the book, The Day of the Lord is at Hand. Long story short, I left my home in March of 1999, strung out on meth, uh, doing everything wrong, unfaithful, unholy, ungodly. If you could imagine it, I was doing it. And on the way home that day, I met Yeshua in my vehicle. Not only did he save my life, but he saved my entire family. And so for that, I will always be thankful for the Lord sending Brother Benjamin through that book initially, and then we became good friends. And I'm going to bring him on tonight because he also is familiar with Brother Demetri Dudeman's prophecy. And so I am not going to wait any longer. And with that, Brother Benjamin, are you here with us tonight? Hey, good evening, Frank. Amen. Well, Benjamin, I can remember in 99 when first coming into this message, man, I was like, whoa, having that extreme wake-up call and that the Lord used your book. And then after that, I learned about this man from Romania that wore like a $5 suit, uh, wasn't in it for any of the money, and was preaching some powerful words that fit just along with some of the same things you were saying in your book and it shocked me uh, when I read these revelations. And now, Brother Benjamin, I don't know about you, but it seems like it is coming to pass. What do you think it's about happening. that? It's happening right before our eyes, exactly as it was prophesied by Dimitri, and exactly as it's described in the prophetic scriptures. Amen. Literally being fulfilled right yes. before our eyes, brother. Well, Benjamin, I know that you, when it comes to the book of Jeremiah, um, that you have made that book a lifelong study. 
of yours. And uh, we talked two weeks ago about this. We dug a little bit into Revelation 18 and Jeremiah 51. But, Benjamin, I wanted you to come on tonight and share some more um, of what the Lord has revealed to you and how all this fits together. And and where are we at right now when we look at the Word of God, we look at what uh, Brother Dimitri said, and, and matter of fact, what other people are saying right now i know my good friend marty breeden uh well he had a, a, a vision from the lord not too long ago and it all it's the same things over and over again and, and you kind of start to wonder are we ever going to get this and so benjamin take us down the journey and, and help us unpack this a little bit tonight well marty's question are we ever going to get this is it ever going to happen or are the people ever going to wake up which which Get it? Did no, no, I'm, I'm saying that's that's what my question was when I saw Marty's vision the other day, and I read Jeremiah's, and I'm thinking about your stuff, and it's all coming together, and I'm asking myself, are the people are going to ever wake up? No, get this? they are not. The Lord, as we will see in the text in Jeremiah 15:51, the mainstream of the American public and the mainstream of the American churches have been put to sleep by the Lord, and when God gives somebody a sleeping pill, no, you are not going to wake them up. They're going to wake up when the judgment is in their face. And at that point, there'll probably there'll literally be nothing that they can do about it. But did you want to read just briefly uh, from Dimitri's words, or do you want to go right to... Text. Well, I shared I shared in the beginning that piece of the prophet or the prophecy when I brought it on um, before I brought you in, Benjamin. If you didn't hear that, I had read from Demetri where he mentioned when the angel you remember the angel coming out and meeting him outside of his apartment or where he was at trying to find a place to live and he was distraught and it was his first encounter here in the United States and he mentioned that. Uh, the Russian spies had discovered where the nuclear warehouses, this was the angel speaking to him, are in America. And when the Americans will think that is peace and safety from the middle of the country, some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with the internal problems then from the ocean, from Cuba, Nicaragua, Mexico. He told me of two other countries, but I didn't remember what they were. They will bomb the nuclear warehouses when they explode. America will burn. And, Benjamin, that's the part when we read it over two weeks ago that we were really focusing on the burning of America, but kind of just browsed over there's coming civil war first. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ruler against ruler. And violence in the land, it says in the text. But, okay, great. Well, let's let's look to the scriptures in uh, Jeremiah 50 and 51 which when Dimitri received his, his visitation from the angel, he challenged the angel and said, you know, I'm not going to preach any of this unless you show me where it is in the Bible. And you remember the angel said to him, well, it's in Jeremiah 50 and 51. And Dimitri's first response was, well, that's a prophecy dealing with ancient Babylon, which is sort of the common understanding. And the angel corrected Dimitri and said, no, it does not speak of ancient Babylon. It speaks of America. Go back and read it again. And so, yeah, why don't we do exactly as the angel commanded Dimitri? Why don't we parse through the scripture if we have time tonight? And uh, Frank, you know, certainly weigh in 
but I'm thinking we ought to just go back for the benefit of the audience and let's read again the prophecy against the daughter of Babylon, which is in the last days, the world's mm. one Christian, formerly Christian nation, the United States of America. Amen. Amen. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Hallelujah. Well, let's start Jeremiah 50. The word that the Lord spoke against Babylon and against the land of the Chaldeans. And, you know, if you've listened to some of the prior programs where we, we talked about the land of the Chaldeans is not a synonym for Babylon. The Chaldeans were essentially uh, sorcerers. They were the servants of Satan. It was a, uh, a nation that was to the south of ancient Babylon that assimilated into Babylon. And when the satanic political elite of the Chaldean Empire rose in power, seized political power in the ancient nation state of Babylon, it was at that point Nebuchadnezzar became king. He was a Chaldean, and Babylon was then lifted up as a world empire. So too at the end of the age, here this prophecy in Jeremiah 50 is against both Babylon, and in, in this case we're dealing with Mystery Babylon, but also the reference to a land dominated by a satanic elite, a shadow government, a deep state, if you will, is in control of the land of the Chaldeans, and this word is against her. Jeremiah 50, verse 2. Declare it among the nations, and publish it, and set up a standard. Publish and conceal not, and say, Babylon has been taken, Bel is confounded, and Merodach is broken in pieces, her idols are confounded. Her images are broken in pieces. And so even as the Chaldeans took control of the ancient nation Babylon before it became the ruling superpower, so too in our country. Our, our country's been taken. The satanic organizations that go by many, many names. You know, it's, a, it's a demon. It's a... It's a satanic, it's like a, a head with a thousand snakes, and each one has a different name. But, but the satanic elite, they consider the United States of America a captured operation at this point. They control the media. They control much of the political process. They control quite a bit of the uh, institutions of power. They control the major corporations. They control the levers of power in the United States of America. And so Babylon has been taken. And America, the United States of America, has been taken. And her citizens are confounded. Verse 3, out of the north there shall come a nation against America, which shall make her land desolate. And none shall dwell therein. They shall remove, they shall depart, both man and beast. And, you know, if we, if we remember our history... When ancient Babylon was conquered and destroyed, and God said in Jeremiah 25, I'm going to judge the king of Babylon and that nation, in verse 12, the judgment involved the media Persian army coming in in the middle of the night, the royal family was killed, the political and military leadership was killed, and in the morning the people woke up under the rule of Cyrus, the Mede. The Medes and Persians had conquered Babylon. But the land was not desolate. Most of the citizens didn't find out that the king of Babylon was dead and that the nation of Babylon was no more and that the city of Babylon was now a province of the media Persian Empire. They didn't even find out for weeks. In some parts of 
uh, nation, some realms of the empire, it took months before the news got there that it was now the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians, but it was not desolate. And nobody removed. The men didn't leave. Israel didn't even leave for quite a long time, and none of the beasts left. But here, in Jeremiah 50, verse 3, there's a prophecy against a future nation where when its judgment comes, this land will be wholly desolate. And, you know, that word for desolate really means, it's Shema, and it means ruined. The land itself will be completely ruined from the nuclear contamination, from the biological contamination. The destruction will be absolute, so desolate, so destroyed, that the people will no longer dwell therein. The survivors, after the war that will be fought on this soil, will all know to leave. There will be no possibility of staying. So they shall remove, they shall depart, both man and beast. Even the animals that survive will be leaving. Verse 4, And in those days, and at that time, says the Lord, the children of Israel shall come, they and the children of Judah together, going and weeping, and they shall go and seek the Lord their God, and they shall ask for the way to Zion with their faces thitherward, saying, Come, let us join ourselves to the Lord in a perpetual covenant that shall not be forgotten. My people have been lost sheep, and their shepherds have caused them to go astray. That isn't a perfect description of the American church. Most of the people are lost sheep, and the majority of the shepherds have focused on everything but serving the Lord, everything but tending to the sheep. They focused on building the megachurch. They focused on the tithe and the offering. They focused on the television outreaches. They focused on, on the entertainment to placate the, the apostate, to placate the apostasy that was growing in their midst. And so they've led the people astray. They've turned them away on the mountains. And the, those mountains are the high places that represent the places of false worship where men built tabernacles under their own ego and under their own ways and where they've chosen to worship the Lord in the way that seemed right in their eyes but not in the eyes of God. And so the people have gone from the high places built by the mega leaders to the hills, to the small high places built by small groups, and they have forgotten their resting place, which is the presence of the Lord. The church in the United States has forgotten the Lord. They've rallied around a new president, and they, they, they rally around their favorite doctrines, and they'll fight one another over their interpretations of prophecy. But for many of them, for many days, they have forgotten their resting place. And all that have found them have devoured them. They've, they've taken advantage of them. They call them giving units. And their adversaries say, we offend not, because they sinned against the Lord, the habitation of justice, even the Lord, the hope of their fathers. And Jeremiah 50, verse 8, remove out of the midst of Babylon and go forth out of the land of the Chaldeans and be as the he-goats before the flocks. Now, this is a warning to the people of God before the judgment comes upon mystery Babylon. Now, in the time of Nebuchadnezzar, in the ancient kingdom of Babylon, Israel had been taken into captivity. They were the lawful slaves of Nebuchadnezzar. They were the lawful slaves of the king of Babylon, and they couldn't just up and go. 
nobody could fulfill this commandment because they were yet in physical slavery. Here at the end of the age, as I've pointed out in prior programs, these prophecies of the captivity of the people of God under the reign and, and the inservitude to, to the, the kingdom of Babylon would repeat again at the end of the age, only now the people would be in spiritual slavery. They would be under a spiritual dominion of the deception of mystery Babylon. And here God's pleading with the people to come out from these deceptions of Babylon and to come out of the land that is that has been contaminated, is indeed even under the curse of the witchcraft done therein through the activities of the Chaldean government. And be as the he-goats, those are the leaders before the flock. Verse 9, for lo, I'm going to raise up, I'm going to cause to come against America, Babylon, an assembly of great nations from the north country, and they shall set themselves in array against her. And from there she shall be taken, and the arrows will be as a mighty expert man, and none of them shall return. And that word for an assembly is ka'al, and it means a, a multitude, a congregation, a large number. Now, when ancient Babylon was judged, God sent two nations. He sent Media and the nation of Persia, and they came in an alliance. Now, when God says he's sending an assembly, a multitude, Frank is a multitude defined as two? If you saw a group of people, no, there were two people, would you say, there's a multitude? Of course not. No way. No, a multitude is many, many nations, and a multitude of great nations who will be led from a country to the north of America, Babylon. If you go north from Babylon, you run right into Canada. All right, we're not talking about Canada. Keep going. You go north and you get to the Arctic polar region, which, by the way, the Russians have claimed for themselves. They put a Russian flag down, they got the Russian military there, and so the Russians claim the North Pole, the Arctic region, as their sovereign territory. You keep going over the pole, and guess where you end up? Russia. And Russia is the leader of this assembly of great nations. Now, how many nations are allied with the Russians? Well, the first and most important would be China. And after that, you've got, well, just to name a few, I could do a few off of memory. Let's see, we've got North Korea. We've got uh, Vietnam, we've got Venezuela, we've got Cuba, Nicaragua, Iran, Iraq, Syria. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving out quite a few, right, Frank? Like Chinese, quite a aligned with them. Yeah. <laughs> They're all in the alliance. Chinese. All the communist yes. and, and Arab terrorist states are all in an alliance with Russia. And it's, Benjamin, it's interesting when he mentions the media, you know, media in Persia. Uh, we see today that you know that came out as a unified kingdom from the ancient times, but we see today one of our absolute um, most uh, m mortal enemies is Iran. And um, oh, absolutely, and that's the same exact the same exact enemies are our exact same enemies here in the United States today. Back to you. Absolutely, brother. And Jeremiah fifty verse ten, and Chaldea, the Chaldean land shall be a spoil. And that word literally means plundered. They're going to strip it. When they destroy it, what's left of it is going to be plundered. And all that spoil her, all that take the prey and take the booty, shall be satisfied, saith the Lord. Because you were glad, this is speaking of America, Babylon, because you rejoiced, O destroyer of my heritage, because you've grown fat and 
and this word in Hebrew is push, and it actually means to become fat. Because the American people are obese, and we are, we're the most obese nation in the world. We eat the worst diet, we're the, we have the probably the most unhealthy population. And, and many, many, and I'm not trying to be critical of people that struggle with weight problems, but the scripture is even identifying the fact that the nation itself has grown fat. And and wow and complacent and arrogant in our pride, verse twelve. Your mother shall be sore confounded. She that bore you shall be ashamed. Behold, the hindermost of the nations shall be as a wilderness, a dry land, and a desert. And that word for wilderness is midbar, and it literally means you know an empty, desolate wilderness. So who is the mother of ancient Babylon? in the time of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, she didn't, Neb, ancient Babylon didn't have a mother. Ancient Babylon was founded by Nimrod. The city of Babylon goes back to the book of Genesis. It was a nation state from really the dawn of history, but it did not become a world empire until it was conquered by the Chaldeans, until the satanic shadow government came in, usurped the authority of the throne, and at the point that Satan had his little black-robed Illuminati types in firm control of the political levers of power, it was at that point that Satan lifted up ancient Babylon as an empire. But it never had a mother. Now, circa forward to Mystery Babylon at the end of the age, the daughter of Babylon, America. Who's the mother of America? Well, that would be the Queen of England, wouldn't it? And... We came forth. We were born, if you will, out of England. We even speak English, the king's language, which, by the way, is the language of Babylon. For the king of Babylon will be, and, and Babylon being the mother, if you will, or the predecessor, if England is, is the predecessor of the United States, and England is represented as the lion in Daniel's, vision of chapter 7. The eagle's wings that came out of the lion are America. And when America is destroyed, Daniel 7, the eagle's wings are plucked. Then the lion is lifted up above the earth. But the mother, England, will be confounded when the hindermost of nations is destroyed. And that word hindermost, it's akarith in Hebrew, and it means the last and final nation that becomes a superpower. There have been many countries that have been part of what the Scripture calls Mystery Babylon. The Scripture gives us insight in Revelation 17 that the beast had seven horns, which are seven kings and seven mountains, and each of those kings ruled over a kingdom, and each of those kingdoms were part of the ruling satanic superpowers that dominated the earth from time to time, and each of them, if you can receive it, part of Mystery Babylon. That image of the king's dream in Daniel chapter 2 where King Nebuchadnezzar saw the great image with a head of gold and arms of silver and the thighs of brass and legs of iron representing the four kingdoms that would precede the first coming of the Lord. The head of gold was ancient Babylon itself and then the kingdom of silver were the Medes and Persians and, and the brass represented Alexander and Greece and the legs of iron were the rule of Rome. And, and when you looked at the great statue and you wondered, you know, what is this image of? This is the image of Mystery Babylon. 
And when you look at the ten toes, you don't ask yourself, who t- whose toes are those? When you seek to identify the component parts of a statue, all you need to do is look at the face. And the face on that statue is the face of King Nebuchadnezzar. It's the face of the kingdom of Babylon. And each of those successive empires were all part of mystery Babylon. And there have been seven of them from antiquity of old until the very end of time. And America is in the position of the daughter of Babylon because we are a direct descendant of the empire that will become the final king for the lion which is England, shall become the head of the beast system. The beast that rises out of the sea has the head of a lion, the body of a leopard, and the feet of a bear, but the eagle's wings have been plucked. The daughter of Babylon is destroyed first. Then the reign of the Antichrist begins across the whole earth. Jeremiah 50, verse 13, Because of the wrath of the Lord, America, Babylon, shall not be inhabited. It shall become wholly desolate, and everyone that goes by it shall be astonished and shall hiss at her plagues. This, again, could not be fulfilled in the fall of ancient Babylon. Ancient Babylon was inhabited by the Median Persian kings. There were seven kings that ruled before Babylon fell to the armies of Greece under Alexander. And Alexander occupied the city. Babylon was ultimately conquered by the Romans. The, the city was finally abandoned somewhere around the year 140 in the Common Era. That's the approximate estimate. No one knows precisely. But Babylon, following the fall of ancient Babylon, the city was ruled by successive empires. It was never wholly desolate. Benjamin, it was never it's, abandoned. It's interesting. You can find that exact information out in the Encyclopedia Britannica, okay? I mean, it's common knowledge that ancient Babylon did that. So anyway, sorry to interject, but I mean, it's just right out there to find out. Amen, brother. Verse 16, cut off the sower from Babylon, and him that handles the sickle in the time of the harvest. When? In the time of the harvest. When did ancient Babylon fall? October 12th. Columbus Day. The same day they found the new world, where at the end of the age, the daughter of Babylon would rise. The hindermost nation. That word means the last and final hindermost. Akaraith also means in the West. So the scripture is telling us that the daughter of Babylon would rep, it would represent or, or be pictured as an end-time superpower that would rise in the West, and it would be pictured as an eagle. And it would dominate the kings of the earth at the end of the age, immediately prior to the rise of the one-world government of the Antichrist, and it would be pictured as the nation without any walls around its cities. We don't even have a wall on our southern border. And the enemies of America have been literally walking in like caterpillars for years. You know, now they're talking about maybe building a wall. Maybe we're like 40 years late. Yes. Cut off the sower in the time of the harvest. When will the judgment come? In the time of the harvest. And for the fear of the oppressing sword, they shall turn everyone to his people, and they shall flee everyone to his own land. The scripture is prophesying 
following the war that is coming, following the destruction of America, Babylon, the citizens will all flee to their own land. Well, how is that possible? Where would the Americans flee to? Wait a minute. This is a nation of immigrants. The people that came here from, from Asia, will, the survivors will flee to Asia. The people that are from Central and South America, they will go back to Central and South America. The people who's, who are descendants of Europeans, they will go to Europe. And the people who belong to the Lord, who are in reality Israelites under the New Covenant, they will all go to the place in the wilderness reserved for the children of Israel and for the Gentiles who've been grafted in to the New Covenant in Yeshua, who is Jesus Christ. So, depending on who you are, if you're, if you're a survivor of the Great War, you will go back to your country of origin. And if you're a believer in Jesus, and if you've been born again, and if you're full of the Holy Spirit, then you're coming with us. Now, you're entitled to develop. You can create your own deliverance plan, if you want. It's a free country. Suit yourself. But God has a single deliverance plan for his people. And if you're one of us, then if you are among the remnants that survive it, you will find yourself coming with us. For they shall all depart. They will flee everyone to his own land. Now, had this pertained to ancient Babylon, where would the Babylonians have gone? If this prophecy was talking about the nation of France today, where would the French go? How would they flee France and go back to their own land? If they are all from you know, French ancestry, going back thousands of years. Only a nation of immigrants can fulfill this prophecy, is my point. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse, Jeremiah 50, verse 19, And I will bring Israel again to his habitation. Yes, the Lord is not going to forget his people. Look at verse 20, Jeremiah 50, 20. In those days and in that time, says the Lord, the iniquity of Israel shall be sought for, and there shall be none. And the sins of Judah, they shall not be found. For I will pardon those whom I reserve. This is the remnant. And in the remnant, there won't be any iniquity to find. Now, the scripture talks about people who look for iniquity. You know, there's a certain group within the church, and their ministry is to find out the sins in other people. And uh, it's not really a ministry of the Lord. It's more a ministry of the, the pride of man. But they, they are there. You've probably ran into them. Um, they're not going to be among the remnant, and there's no need for them to be there at all because there is no iniquity to find. So their ministry is obsolete because the remnant will have repented, and you know those who would seek and search for the iniquity, you won't be able to find any because the sins of the remnant will all have been forgiven. How is that possible? Because the remnant will have sought the Lord with all their heart, as we saw in a prior message from Jeremiah 29, when the Lord says, you know, after the 70 years of end-time Babylon have been completed, that I'm going to visit you, and I'm going to cause you to return to the land of Israel. I'm going to cause you to leave this place, and you're going to find me when you seek me with your whole heart. And the circumstances following the Great War will be so challenging that everybody will repent from the bottom of their heart. And when we do, all of our iniquities will be washed away, and the Lord is going to cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Hallelujah. Verse 21, go up against the land of Marathaim. It's actually Mara. I don't know why they put Mara. Mara means bitterness. Marathaim 
is plural. It's the land of double bitterness. And isn't, isn't that a picture of our time now? Isn't it a time that it's not just bitter? You know, turn on the news. It's grievous. Listen to our political leaders. You grieve. Look at what's coming upon the nations and upon the world. A time of bitterness. And against the inhabitants of Picard, and it's a, that word means judgment. Waste and utter destruction follows after them, saith the Lord. A sound of battle is in the land and of great destruction. Look, when ancient Babylon fell, the media Persian army snuck in in the middle of the night. They were really quiet, you guys. They didn't wake anybody. The only people that woke up were the people whose throats were being slit. The king and his family, they no doubt woke up. The leaders who were being killed that night no doubt woke up at some point. But the rest of the country slept on soundly. And when they woke up with the sunlight in the morning, it was already over. There was no sound of battle in the land. But listen, when these, when these weapons are detonated in our soil, you're going to hear sounds louder than anything you've ever heard before. And when you hear the crack of these detonations occurring, try to train yourself. Look the opposite way and see if you can see your shadow. And if you see your shadow, you hit the ground. If you're near a street, you roll over to where the curb is to use the concrete in the earth to shield you from the gamma radiation that will be emitted continuously from the fireball as it burns. Once the fireball's out, then the particulate, the sun radiation, will be caught up into the, into the upper atmosphere and will come back down as chipped flakes of ash that appear to be chips of paint. They're grayish in color, with colors swirled around. Highly radioactive. You stay indoors for at least 24 hours. Duct tape the windows and you know, cut off any exterior um, air. If you travel to get to your residence, you take off all your clothes and you immediately get in a very hot shower. You do not use any um, conditioner on your hair. It will cause the atomic particles to stick into your hair. And you, you put the clothes in a bag and you throw them out the door because everything will be contaminated in the time immediately following the blast. The sound of great destruction and that word is gadol, and it means it's awesome, incredible. How is the hammer of the whole earth cut asunder? Literally cut down. The hammer, the nation that was literally hammering the world with our JDAMs and our precision-guided munitions, and you know, we bombed whoever we wanted to for all these years. The hammer of the whole earth. How has Babylon become a desolation an astonishment among the nations. I laid a snare for you. God set a trap. And you were taken, O Babylon, because, and you were not aware. You've been found and caught because you've strived against the Lord. You know, the church in America doesn't even realize we've been striving against God in this land. We've been throwing the name of the Lord out of our public life. We've taken his commandments down from our courthouses. We've removed the Bible and prayer from our schools. We threw God out of our public life. And in so doing, we set in motion the judgment that is now coming to conclusion. 
Verse 26, come against her from her uttermost border. The attack comes from the borders that are wide open. Open up her storehouses. Cast her up as heaps and destroy her utterly. Let nothing of her be left. Okay, again, ancient Babylon, royal family, a couple military leaders, just a few of the elite, the Chaldean elite were killed. New political government, people woke up in the morning. The very first thing Cyrus did was free all the slaves. Second thing he did is he guaranteed the property rights of all the Babylonian citizens. And he told them, Babylon's gone. You now live in a province of the media Persian Empire, but everything is fine. We're here to ensure law and order and a peaceful transition to a new government. There was no utter desolation. People didn't run for their lives. The land wasn't completely destroyed. But not so at the end of the age. Not so with the hindermost version of Babylon. Slay all her bullocks. Let them go to the slaughter. Woe unto them, for the day has come. Their day has come. And the time of their visitation. That's what the Lord said in Jeremiah 29. I will visit you after the 70 years of Babylon be completed. Go read Jeremiah 29 for yourself. He then says, and I'm going to gather Israel out of all of the nations. Okay, in the fall of ancient Babylon, Israel was in how many nations? Okay, the ones that went to Egypt died, so let's not count them. I'm talking about the Israel that goes back to the land. The people that went to Egypt in rebellion against the Lord, they didn't return. The people were in captivity in one nation, ancient Babylon, which had taken them captive. Now, at the end of the age, the people are scattered into all of the nations. And now at the end of the age, end-time Babylon is going to be utterly destroyed. And then the Lord will gather together his people. Woe unto them in the time of their visitation. When God says woe, that is way more serious than you would imagine. Verse 28, the voice of those who flee and escape out of the land of Babylon. You're going to have to flee. And it literally means to run away. To declare in Zion, in Zion the vengeance of the Lord. Call the archers together. Bend the bow. Let none escape. Recompense her, for she has been proud against the Lord. America thinks it's God. We can change even God's creation. You know, you weren't created a man or a woman. You could just decide to change. You can we can rule over God's creation. I'm not white. I'm a member of the Cherokee Nation. Call me Pocahontas. She's delusional. Verse 30, Therefore her young men will fall in the streets, and all of her men of war shall be cut off in that day. A complete decimation of her military power. How's that possible? Well, go study the technology of hypersonic missiles, and you'll find our naval platforms are effectively obsolete. Behold, I'm against the almost proud. Well, who would that be? What nation is number one? I'm proud to be a Babylonian. At least I think I'm free. Yeah, think again. Thy day is come that I will visit thee. The most proud shall stumble and fall. None will raise him up. I will kindle fire in his cities, and it will devour round about Hallelujah. The sword, verse 35, the sword is upon the Chaldeans, 
and upon the inhabitants of Babylon. Okay, when ancient Babylon was judged, the sword was upon the Chaldean leadership, but not upon the inhabitants. None of the civilians were injured, you guys. These prophecies in Jeremiah 50 and 51 could not be applied to ancient Babylon. They were not fulfilled in the fall of ancient Babylon. They're going to be fulfilled at the end of the age in the world superpower that would rise in the West. A sword is upon the liars, verse 36, and they shall lie, they shall be foolish, and upon all the mighty men of war, and they will be dismayed. A sword is upon the horses and the chariots, and all the mingled people. It's a nation of multicultural mixture, a nation of immigrants that are in the midst of her. And they shall become as women. We're already seeing it where men are deciding to be women or dress like, but, but this is actually talking about strength, that the mighty men of war will become like women. There'll be no strength left in our military, no ability to resist. A sword is upon our treasures. This has already happened. And they shall be robbed. We've been robbed blind. Let's see. Uh, when George Bush came in, we owed about, what, $4 trillion? And, and by the time Obama was done, we, we owed $12 trillion or something. And maybe it was $14 trillion, and, and now we owe $21 trillion. Been robbed blind, people. The treasuries have been looted. A drought is upon our waters. That'll be your final sign. Remember, the sword comes in the time of the harvest. So look for the severe drought in the summer that precedes the war. And they will be dried up, for it's a land of graven images, and they are mad upon their idols. Therefore, the wild beasts of the desert and the wild beasts of the islands will dwell there. The owls will dwell there, and it shall be no more inhabited forever. Neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. And again, ancient Babylon was not abandoned. As God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you guys remember how God judged Sodom and Gomorrah? The Persian army did not sneak in in the middle of the night and kill the king of Sodom. It was about five million degrees in the shade fire and brimstone incinerated the city so as god judged sodom and gomorrah so he will judge the daughter of babylon and so shall no man abide there does anybody live in sodom and gomorrah today has any have any of our listeners if you visited sodom and gomorrah i've been there i drove past it no point in stopping utter desolation nobody has lived in sodom or gomorrah sense the judgment I don't think any animals live there verse 41 behold the people shall come from the north and a great nation that's Russia and many kings shall be raised up from the coast of the earth and of course ancient Babylon was judged by two kingdoms Media and Persia that's not a great nation and many kings my friends they hold the bow and the lance and they are cruel and they will not show mercy They'll roar like the sea. Against thee, O daughter of Babylon. Now, is it talking about the, the women or the young daughters? No. It's speaking of mystery Babylon at the end of the age as a descendant empire of the final kingdom of Babylon. And isn't America pictured as a female power? 
aren't we not the lady of kingdoms? Do we not look to lady liberty as the symbol of America? You know, certain countries are, are masculine in identity and they have a fatherland. Other countries are feminine in identity. So we have a female identity as a nation state. Lady liberty is our symbol. And thus we are the daughter the final kingdom of Babylon. The king of Babylon has heard the report of them, and his hands have waxed feeble. Anguish took hold of him, and the pain as a woman in travail. Behold, he will come up like a lion. That's the Antichrist, who's going to actually be orchestrating the attack on the United States, using the combined military forces of the Communist Arab Alliance. He will come against them from the swelling of the Jordan. The world war will actually start in the Middle East spread to an attack upon America, unto the habitation of the strong, land of the free, home of the brave, and habitation of the strong. But the Lord will make them suddenly run away from America. How's that possible? Well, there's going to come a point after the destruction, after the Sodom and Gomorrah fire is falling, after the land has become a complete desolation, the remnant that survives will turn to the Lord and repent in mass. People that are Christians are going to suddenly become 100% consecrated. People that are not believers are going to be getting saved. And, you know, my estimation would be the vast majority of the survivors all turn to the Lord. And when they do, Jesus holds up his hand. And he says, and I will make the enemies of America suddenly run away. All these armies that were able to destroy the military and we're on the verge of basically annihilating the entire population, are suddenly going to become very afraid, no doubt, of the Lord. And he's going to make them run away. And who is the chosen one that I may appoint over her? We're going to have a new governor in that day. And it's going to be a good government. And who is like me? And who will appoint me the time? And who is the shepherd that will stand before me? God's going to send good shepherds to lead his remnant out of here. So this is not bad news if you are part of the remnant. It's very bad news for the wicked. And it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough process for the backslidden Christian. But for the remnant whose hearts belong to the Lord, they're going to be delivered in this time. Therefore, hear ye the counsel of the Lord, and that it, that he has taken against Babylon, and the purpose that he's purposed against the land of the Chaldeans. Okay, you need to understand, this is not something we're going to pray away. This is the counsel of the Lord. The Lord came up with this plan. This is the purpose that God has purposed. Why? Because of the iniquity. Because only in judgment do the people learn righteousness. Because there is no turning this nation back it's crossed the line of insanity. We cannot make Babylon great again, nor would we want to. We need repentance. We need the nation to be cleansed, and the cleansing will come in the judgment. Surely the least of the flock will draw them out. Surely he shall make their habitation desolate with them. At the noise of the taking of Babylon, the earth is moved, and the cry is heard among the nations. The nations will be weeping. Frank, let's do a time check. We just finished 
50. Do you want to go on and try to get through 51 quickly, or do you want to stop here? Yeah, let's get a, hit a few parts of 51, if we could, just to touch on the uh, higher points of it there. And okay. I think you're, you're kind of leading right into it. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse um, 51.1, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I raise up against Babylon. God's doing this. This is God's plan. This is God's judgment. And believe me, he's made his mind up. He wrote it in prophecy, and it will be fulfilled at the appointed time. And there's nobody going to turn this back. I will raise up against Babylon, and, and them that dwell in the midst of them that rise up against me, people that have risen up against the Lord, a destroying wind. And I'll send unto Babylon fanners that will fan her, and they will empty her land from the day of trouble. They shall be against her round about. We're going to be surrounded. Look at verse 5. But Israel has not been forsaken. God is going to forsake the daughter of Babylon, but he's not going to forsake his people. Nor Judah of his God, the Lord of hosts, though their land was filled with sin against the Holy One, though the people of God sinned against the Lord, the Lord did not forsake us. He's going to cleanse us. And for some, the cleansing is going to be, it's going to be tough. But God never forsakes his people. Verse 6, flee out of the midst of Babylon and deliver every man his soul. Be not cut off in her iniquity, for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. And he will render under her a recompense. Remember the Lord said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. This is the time when God repays. For 70 million babies murdered. If you guys haven't seen the movie Gosnell yet, you should go see it or buy the DVD. And, you know, the thing that convicted this doctor who murdered countless new full-term born babies in an abortion clinic was one of the nurses had taken a picture of one of the newborns. And before he was killed, and she said that you know, every baby should have his picture taken, even though he was only with us for a little while. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. That little baby went to paradise. But God has watched the slaughter of the innocents. He's watched the parading of perversion. He's watched the worship of devils. And now he's watching a church that wants to preserve their pleasures and their prosperity. And who's crying out against the sin and the wickedness of this, of this ruined land? Almost no one. People want to make this country rich again so they can enjoy their pleasures in Babylon. Woe unto them. Great is the fury of the Lord against this people. Someone should warn them. Here Jeremiah is attempting to flee out of the midst of Babylon and deliver your soul. Do not be cut off, for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. Babylon had been a golden cup in the hand of the Lord. And at one time, this nation was, was a good nation, a godly nation. And, and the Lord says, in verse 9, well, let me go to 8. Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. Howl for her, 
take pain, take balm for her pain. If so, she may be healed. And God says, we would have healed Babylon, but she's not healed. Forsake her. Let us go, everyone, to our own country, for her judgment is about to reach under the end of heaven. You'll be lifted up to the skies. You'll see these huge clouds, pillar of clouds and smoke. The smoke of her burning will be so intense, people will be dying from the smoke in the air, unable to breathe. You've seen some of the fires we've had recently in the west or the east or the south. Imagine when the whole country is burning. There'll be no one there to put out the fires. They'll burn until there's nothing left to burn. And the air will be contaminated beyond your comprehension. Her judgment will reach unto heaven. It will be lifted up in the skies of the smoke of her burning. For the Lord has brought forth his righteousness. Let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God. Who caused Babylon to burn? The Lord our God. Make bright the arrows and gather the shields. For the Lord has raised up the spirit of the king of the Medes. Wait a minute. If this was ancient Babylon, it would have just been the king of the Medes and Persians. But now it's being replayed, as Frank, as you noted, in the spirit. For it is his device, it is his strategy against Babylon to destroy it. Because this is the vengeance of the Lord and the vengeance of his temple, the vengeance of his body. Set up a standard upon the walls of Babylon. Make the watch strong. O thou that dwell upon many waters, abundant in treasure, your end has come, and the measure of your covetousness, you know, this is the judgment that's coming will, will be equal to the luxury and the covetousness of this land. The Lord has sworn by himself, saying, Surely I will fill thee with men as with caterpillars. How do caterpillars come into your garden? They simply walk right in. And how did many of the enemies that are now hidden among us, how did they come in? Well, they simply walked right in, just like caterpillars. They will lift out a shout against thee. Every man is brutish, verse 17, by his knowledge. And that means beast-like. Their vanity, the work of errors, in the time of their visitation they shall perish. But the portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the former of all things. And Israel is the rod of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Israel is the inheritance of the Lord. And then the Lord says to Israel, you are my battle axe and weapon of war. With you I'll break in pieces the nations. Again, this has not been fulfilled. This will follow the fall of Babylon in the anointing of the man-child, birth of the man-child, and the anointing of the 144,000. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 26, And they shall not take out of you a stone for a corner or a stone for a foundation, but you shall be desolate forever, saith the Lord. What God is saying is they're not going to even recover a stone. It will be so utterly destroyed, there'll be nothing. Nothing redeemed. Nothing to be restored. Nothing recovered. The only thing that's going to be saved out of this wicked land are the lives of the remnant of God's people. Everything else shall be destroyed. 
Hallelujah. Prepare against her. Verse 28. The nations with the kings of the Medes, the captains thereof. And the land shall tremble with sorrow. For the purpose of the Lord shall be performed to make the land a desolation without inhabitant. Again, the mighty men of Babylon have forborn to fight. They, are not e they didn't even get a shot off. They remained in their holds. Their might has failed. They became as women. They burned her dwelling places, and her bars are broken. The defenses were useless. It'll be Pearl Harbor on a national scale with no recovery. Hallelujah. Verse 33. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, the daughter of Babylon is like a threshing floor, and the time to thresh her has come. Yet in a little while the time of her harvest shall come. Now here's a, a, a prophecy of hope for the survivors. Following the destruction, following the absolute desolation, there's going to be a harvest. The people that survived, they're going to want to hear the good news. Suddenly, people whose hearts are hardened against the word of God and hardened against the name of Jesus are suddenly going to want to read the Bible. They're going to be looking for someone to tell them about Jesus. They're going to be looking for someone to pray with them. And there'll be a huge harvest. When the judgments of God are in the earth, the people shall learn and receive righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 37, And Babylon shall become a heap, a dwelling place of dragons, an astonishment without inhabitant. How many times does God have to repeat this point so that we actually understand what he's saying? This nation will be utterly abandoned and without inhabitant as a direct consequence of its destruction. And that did not happen. 2,500 years ago, in the fall of ancient Babylon. Verse 39, in their heat, I will make their feast, and I will make them drunk, that they may rejoice and sleep a perpetual sleep, and they will not awaken, says the Lord. So, Frank, you, you are asking, you know, when will they wake up for the citizens of Babylon that are not going to be redeemed among God's remnant, they're not waking up. They will sleep at perpetual sleep. Verse 40, and I will bring them down. This is the Lord talking. I will bring them down like lambs to the slaughter, and like rams with he goats. How is Sheshach taken? How is the praise of the whole earth surprised? How has Babylon become an astonishment among the nation? The sea has come upon her. And what is the sea? It's a picture of humanity. You know, even as we're having these refugee waves now just coming, like waves crashing against our borders. So the seas are coming upon Babylon. She's covered with the multitude of the waves thereof. Her cities are a desolation, a dry land, a wilderness, and a land where no man dwells. Can you imagine that? Los Angeles, population, zero. New York City, population, Zero. Nor does any man pass thereby. You know, the, the freeways and the interstate highways, you know, they will survive for a time. And they'll be empty. Tumbleweeds tumbleweed and, and the wind. 
snow and the dust covering them. What an amazing land it'll be to pass out of. No man dwells therein or passes thereby. Verse 45, my people go out of the midst of her and deliver everyone his soul from the fierce anger of the Lord. Unless your heart be faint and you fear for rumor that shall be heard in the land and a rumor shall come in one year and after that in another year shall come a rumor and then violence shall be in the land and ruler against ruler. Frank, that's the reference for the beginning of civil war and actually we're already seeing rulers fighting rulers. They're fighting with words. Although the, some of the rulers on the lunatic left are calling for violence against the rulers on the right. And, you know, the war at the moment is a war of words. But yet the scripture says that we will also begin to see violence in the land. And Antifa and some of these crazy extremist groups. And, and this is only the beginning. You know, it, it said in earlier when you got into Jeremiah 51, which is kind of stepping back from what you just read there, uh, that the Lord will send in here, uh, send unto Babylon fanners, and they shall fan her. And boy, they are fanning it right now, fanning people yeah, to sleep are. and fanning the flames. Amen, brother. It's simultaneously putting one group to sleep and riling the other group up. Amen. It's, I call it the fog of Babylon that comes in. And when it sets in, it's so thick. It drowns well, out the believers. Mm-hmm. And Frank, it's such a time of unprecedented deception because, look, you know, we all love our country. You know, I mean, I love the country that, of course. that I believed in when I was, you know, five and six years old. And, and I sat on the little street curb, right? On Fourth of July, and I had my little American flag, and I, you know, we had, this was the land of the free, with liberty and justice for all. And, and in my heart, I thought, yes, that's right. There should be liberty for all. Everyone should get justice. These things were good. And they told me America's good. And I thought, whoa, I live in the good country. But that good's no more. It's just a it's just a slogan now. And uh, Benjamin, I think it's no sad because it's you terrible. and I both served our country. You know, we both served it, so it's deeper. We folks, we're not just saying this uh, willy nilly. Yeah, we right. both cared for this nation deeply enough to get to serve it free of will without being drafted. No, that's right. We were both in the military. What branch were you in, Frank? Marines. <laughs> Semper Fi, brother. Amen. Marine Corps, hoo-yah! But yeah, there was a time when, you know, America was good. When America was young, America was good. And it wasn't perfect. And yeah, there were a lot of things that were not right. And that's been the case in this fallen world from the beginning, but there was also a part that was righteous. But, you know, that part has been buried. You know, even the church today... You know, they use Christian tarot cards at some of these New Age churches to give you a reading. You know, it's full-blown witchcraft. Kundalini demons masquerading as the Holy Spirit. 
pastors that are more focused on giving units than they are on giving life with the words that they teach. I mean, there's no facet of our life here that has not been touched by the corruption. And we need to change the channel. We need to turn this off. You know, verse 50, you that have escaped the sword. Okay, this is a prophecy to the people that survived the war. You that have escaped the sword, go away. Okay, you know, that's why I, I don't have, like, a lot of equipment and provisions planning to, you know, do a garden the year after the war, you know, like we're all going to be camping out here in the Rocky Mountains, living off the land. No, that's not what's happening. The scripture is very clear. The survivors from the war are to leave. You are to go away. Stand not still. You don't even wait a day, people. We get moving. And, you know, a lot of people today are like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Remember the Lord from far off and let Jerusalem come into your mind. Well, are we going to Jerusalem? We're going to the mountains of greater Israel. We're going to the land of Edom and Moab, Edom and Moab, which is the one part of the earth not conquered by the Antichrist. Go check Daniel chapter 11, I think verse 42 or so. These shall escape out of his hand, Edom and Moab. The rest of the earth, you're going to need the mark if you're going to buy or sell anything. And if you don't have the mark, you won't last five minutes among them because the abyss is going to open and the demonic is going to be unleashed. That which was restraining the satanic will be removed and the kingdoms of this world that are the kingdoms of Satan will become completely demonized. These people will turn into the beasts that they will worship. And, you know, the remnant has no place among them. So we will not be among them. We will be regathered into the refuge in the wilderness. And, you know, it's interesting, Frank, that America is pictured as the as the eagle in Bible prophecy, right? We mount up as a great eagle in Obadiah. We build a nest in the stars in Obadiah, which is the International Space Station, which we built. We are the eagle's wings plucked in Jeremiah 7, immediately before the, the lion is lifted up above the earth and the heart of a man is given to the beast, or the beast becomes a man, which is the reign of the Antichrist beginning following World War Three. Yeah, that, that's seven Daniel, seven. Daniel 7, that's not Daniel Jeremiah 7. 7. Yeah. Oh, did I say Jeremiah? Yeah, that's oh, okay, thanks. just for our listeners. I know what you meant. Yeah, sometimes I'm trying to push too much information into too small of a space in my head. But, no, the scripture is very clear. We're leaving. And, you know, when you go to Revelation, it talks about that the woman that needs to flee following the birth of the man-child, which is really concurrent with or in the approximate same time frame as the fall of America Babylon, it says the wings of an eagle are given to the woman. Well, might it be the same eagle's wings that were plucked off the lion? Now, of course, the lion represents the head of the beast system, and we know the Antichrist actually comes out of the lion kingdom. So could the war that destroys the Chaldean secret society government and destroys much of the existing um, political and, and corporate structures, could this war actually free the eagle's wings? What's left of the eagle's wings? 
to be used to to deliver God's revenant worldwide? Because the eagle's wings are going to be given to the woman to help her. You know, and could God be ready to use the remnant of the United States one last time? I can tell you truly, Frank, uh, the, when I was in the Holy of Holies with the Lord many, many years ago, and I was shown a vision, I was caught up in the Spirit, and it was utter darkness, and the only thing that had any light was an American flag. And it was in the absolute darkest night I've ever seen in my life. And it was brightly lit up, and the Lord spoke audibly to me, and he said, and at the time of the end, I will once again use the United States of America. And, and so I, you know, I know a lot of Christians are, are wanting a revival, and I know a lot of believers are wanting to turn America around and to turn back the clock. You know, but prophetically, that's not what's going to happen. The, the nation's going to be judged. The judgment's going to be severe. And a, a backslidden church will be cleansed and purified in a fire. Uh, a remnant that is that has heard the warning and and fears the Lord and will turn and and learn the fear of the Lord and will seek God beforehand will be preserved. And then, following the Great War, what is left of the United States, the Lord will use in a mighty way for the deliverance of His people worldwide. And you know, we won't be confused about where to go and we won't be confused about what to do and there's a new governor coming god's going to actually create an entire new government structure and you know the lord knows what he's doing and we can trust him we cannot place any trust in the arm of the flesh you know there are no authentic institutions authentic democratic institutions left in our country there's nothing that of the institutions of power in our country that have not been corrupted by the darkness. You know, and if you guys don't understand that, then you just need to go do some homework. You know, because it's the truth. And, you know, those of you that are are praying saints, I would ask you to remember me and remember, remember Frank in your prayers because, you know, it's not an exaggeration to say to you that it is at grave personal risk that we come to you and teach these truths because we are not popular with the status quo you know we're we're not banging the drum for you to follow in you know either the red or the blue line we're banging you know we're blowing the trumpet to tell you to hear the word of the lord and you that escape this war that is coming, remember the Lord from far off and let Jerusalem come into your mind. Verse 53, Though Babylon should bound up to heaven, though she should fortify the height of her strength, though she should build a space station in the stars. You know, Obadiah talks about the, the eagle that built a nest in the stars. And you know, people used to mock the Bible. How could a country ever build a nest in the stars, right? Well, we did. We built the International Space Station, and it truly is in the stars. And it also is truly a nest. <laughs> and so, you know, the Lord, once again, his word is proved true. Even if we can't understand it, it actually comes to pass exactly as he said. And though America Babylon would mount up to the heavens, and though she should fortify the height of her strength, yet for me... Spoilers shall come unto her, saith the Lord. A 
sound of a cry comes from Babylon, and great destruction from the land of the Chaldeans, because the Lord has spoiled Babylon. Who did this? The Lord did this, and destroyed out of her the great voice. Oh, there was a loud voice in this country. And when her waves did roar, the great waters, a noise of their voices uttered, because the spoiler has come upon you, even upon America Babylon, and her mighty men are taken, and every one of their bows was broken. For the Lord, God of recompense, shall surely requite it. God is going to do this. And I will make her princes and her wise men, her captains and her rulers and her mighty men. I'll make them drunk, says the Lord. And they shall sleep a perpetual sleep, and they will not awaken, saith the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. So the leaders, the princes, and the rulers, and the, and the so-called wise men, and the pastors, and the prophets, they will all be ashamed. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the broad wall of Babylon shall be utterly broken. And what are the broad walls? Ancient Babylon had a literal broad wall, and it was so huge and so wide, you could run chariot races on it. It was like 50 feet or more wide. Well, the broad wall of Babylon, America is her financial system and the U.S. dollar. And, of course, her stock market is the symbol of her financial system. And the New York Stock Exchange is situated on the corner of Broad Street and Wall Street. And so the broad wall of America, Babylon, is going to be utterly broken. And you get to watch the breaking of the broad wall even now because we've already seen the top in the stock market and, you know, you guys that are wondering, should I sell? The answer is yes, <laughs> sell. If you've got anything invested in the broad wall of Babylon, you better get out because the broad wall of Babylon will be utterly broken. You know, and that word really means crushed. You know, it's, it's going to be leveled, okay? It's going to end at zero. And her high gates shall be burned with fire, and the people shall labor in vain. And the people will labor in the fire, and they shall be weary. And so, you know, the people today are working so hard for their 401Ks that became 201Ks and will ultimately be 00Ks. And there's nothing okay about basically suffering a complete loss of everything. But for many, that's exactly what they're going to experience here. And they've become weary. And, you know, isn't that the picture of this time? And this is the word that Jeremiah commanded. And this is the word that was written. And all the evil that will come upon Babylon. And it shall become desolate forever. And, you know, I just want to finish with um, a couple verses from Isaiah chapter 32, verse 1. Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness. And his princes they will rule in the judgment. And a man shall become a hiding place from the storm and a covering from the tempest and from the whirlwind that is about to be released. And a man shall be as a river of living water in a dry place and as a shadow, a covering of a great rock. And that word for rock in this text is Selah, which means Petra, and is the shadow of of a, a great fortress, a great place of protection in the fortress of Petra for a weary land. And, and that is the picture of America today. This is a weary land. 
are laboring for fire, and it's going to burn sooner than you think. So I would encourage everybody, you know, if you have ears to hear, begin fasting and praying. And if you can't fast for yourself, fast for your children. Fast for your grandchildren. And remember those little babies that were born, and then within within the first hour of their life, this, this psychotic doctor cut their spinal cord with a, a scissors, terminating their lives. And of course, he, that's what the movie Gosnell is about. I, I went and saw that movie. I'm still upset. You know, it's not it's not visually offensive. They they use great tact, but they it's very clear this man was was America's worst serial killer, and he was killing babies under the guise of well, they came into an abortion clinic, and all babies are fair game, including the ones who were born alive. And, you know, this is these are the deeds of Babylon, which the Lord has remembered. Sins of America, Babylon, have risen. They have risen to heaven. We have filled the cup of iniquity. It is at the point of overflowing. You know, people that want the judgment delayed, how many more babies do you want murdered? How much more wickedness should we pour out? How many more children should be trafficked into sexual slavery? and ritual abuse, and satanic ritual murder. How many more of the innocent should die before the Lord intervenes? Part of the church wants to continue to enjoy their comfortable lifestyle. They're rich in need of nothing. So they want this to continue. But they're blind. They're unable to see the suffering all around them. Even even what's going on in, in the agricultural system. There's an animal Auschwitz occurring. The, the, the herds of, of cattle and, the, and the, the birds and and all the animals that are being raised for food are, are suffering in terrible conditions. Nobody cares. They don't want to know. They don't want to see. You don't want to watch the... You don't want to see the evil that's being done. You just want to enjoy the pleasures of Babylon. And that's fine. The church can turn a their eyes away. The church can turn their deaf ears away from the cry of the suffering that is going on in this land. But the Lord, He hears. He will not turn His eyes away. He sees everything. That's why this is ending soon. Yes. But yes, God, is. in His great mercy, always warns His people before he brings forth his judgment. But Frank, as you and I both know, this warning has been in the land a long time, brother. Yes. And it will come to pass. It will come to pass. Folks, you've... This is... um, This message can be disturbing, but it also can be hopeful. The truth is, in all the messages of judgment and destruction is an underlying message of hope. Turn to me with all your heart, says the Lord. This is a call for you to come under the wings of the Almighty, who desires to spread his garment over you and cover you and take you through this time of judgment, not to leave nor forsake, 
but to be with. And so if you heard Benjamin showing about what's coming here to the United States, we've heard it over and over and over by many people confirmed out there that the Lord is not calling us to a time of fear from the world, but a time of repentance towards him and seeking him with all of our heart. And in that repentance and in that seeking and and in that uh, coming after the Lord with all of our hearts, there will come peace that passes over us like a river. And we will know where to go because the Lord is faithful to lead his people. He's got an exit strategy. He's got a plan. You don't have to put up 200,000 cans of tuna fish to survive. You can trust the Lord. I'm not saying that preparations aren't good. They're great. I believe in that. But listen, make your preparations in the Lord and let him lead. This is not our home. We're not called to, you know, the new Jerusalem's not coming down in America. Okay, folks? This is not where we're staying forever. We are getting eventually out of this place. The Lord will guide, give him his place to rule in your life. It's time to begin to fast, to pray, and to seek the Lord with everything you have. And if you will do that, he's faithful and just. He'll take care of the rest. God loves to forgive. He loves to forgive sin. He loves to save those who look unsavable. It's what he takes pleasure in. He takes no pleasure in the destruction of the wicked, but he takes great pleasure in seeing the salvation of anyone who will call upon his name. So keep your heads up, folks. These are some dark hours, but we can have confidence if we keep ourselves in the Lord. Benjamin, we're coming down to the end. I want to say thank you so much for coming on tonight. God bless you. And brother, you if I don't mention this, I'm go- there's a certain lady in Panama that's going to get me. But Benjamin, you have some social media out there right now. And uh, <laughs> can you help lead the people on how they can follow what's going on with you, brother? Yeah, thank you, Frank, because I'd probably be in trouble as well. Yes, uh, <laughs> Thank you to uh, Bruce and Rhonda Johnson who Amen. are helping create a uh, social media presence for the Day of the Lord is at Hand message, and you can find it on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook by just searching for the Day of the Lord is at Hand, and we're going to be uploading more content, and, and as soon as um, <laughs> I can figure out how to use my recording software, I'm going to be doing um, some separate um, teaching programs that will be in much greater detail uh, without the time constraints of uh, the scheduled shows that I've been privileged to be a guest on. And, Frank, thank you for uh, the opportunity to share the word tonight, and, and I pray that it was a blessing to our audience. Amen. God bless you, Brother Benjamin. Folks, keep looking up. It's all coming down. The Lord is in control, and he promised to take care of that which is his. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin from the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom.